Blog Talk Radio. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a bird, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. Get a fresh new song MJ Network will bring you there So let's talk about it When life and Dolly air Good morning everyone, this is Fran Lewis This is MJ Network MJ, a memory of my sister Marsha Joyce And this is going to be so cool Bruno Johnson is back. He's hiding out from the United States law in Costa Rica, and his pregnant wife, Marie, and the 10 kids they rescued from toxic homes in South Central in Los Angeles. When Maria encounters a different labor and different delivery, the good friend, Dr. Vargas, rescues her, but there's a favor involved. He asks that he escort his daughter, Layla, a college student in Los Angeles, back home to Costa Rica. And I'm not giving away anything more. David Putnam is here, and we're going to talk about it right now. So welcome back to MJ Network. And um, Thank you very you much tell- for having me. I'm so excited because I love this character. He's tough, and he, take, he takes <laughs> no prisoners, but I worry about him sometimes. So tell us a little bit about the book, um, um, Bruno, just a little bit about him so people get an idea. Well, Bruno's an ex-cop, ex-con who rescues children from toxic homes. He couldn't do it when he was a cop, so he goes outside the law to rescue the children. He is currently living in Costa Rica where he has a makeshift orphanage with the children. And I think he's up to, I I keep losing track of how many kids he has, um, 10 or 11 kids right now. And they're all from previous books um, and his uh, exploits. So right now, um, he never wants to go back to the U.S., and the motivation to get him to go has to be very strong. And he loves his wife very dearly, and she was in jeopardy, and this doctor mm. saved her. So he asked a favor, and he went. But Marie wasn't happy, was she? I can't imagine that no, she would be no. happy. She, that, Bruno that, has that's, two that's different lives. Yeah, Bruno has two different lives. He has a violent life that he lived um, when he was a cop, and... When, mm-hmm. when they were living up in the U.S., and now he, Marie wants him to be the um, loving husband, uh, father that he is, and he's trying to separate himself from those two lives. That's kind of hard. But then yeah. he has another problem, his father. I don't know if I like him. And B, <laughs> so what does his father want him to do for that, and how could he do that? Um, there, there's a very... Uh, uh, contentious and storied background with B and his, and, and his father. Father uh, is his idol and he a mentor, and he loves his father very dearly. But his mother uh, left him before he was even uh, old enough to have a memory, mm. um, because she was a she led a criminal life. She went to prison, and uh, B just all of a sudden showed up in Bruno's life, and he she has to endear himself to her but she still has um, criminal criminal elements that keep surfacing. 
and Bruno doesn't like that. So um, the, the father still loves B because of the love that he had for uh, decades ago, and she asked uh, her, Bruno's father, Xander, to do a favor for her, and Xander asked Bruno to help his mother B do it, and Bruno didn't want to do it, but he did it anyway. He's like always caught between a rock and a hard place, poor Bruno. People train, yeah. train, they they take his good nature to an advantage. You know, people, you got to stop doing that because he's a father now. <laughs> Not good. Sorry. So we've got Elisa and Layla, and what are, what are their stories? And why does Elisa tag along? And what happens when we meet Layla? Because there was a question mark there. I got that right away. Well, um, as always, what what starts out to be a, a mm-hmm. clear cut uh, a mission for Bruno, everything starts uh, turning uh, mysterious, and nothing is as it seems. And Alyssa is the the wife of the future governor of uh, the, the, mm-hmm. the town or or the area of Costa Rica that they live in, and um, he's the doctor of that saved Marie. But Alyssa has secrets that she's keeping from uh, her husband and from Bruno. And uh, Lila is a a good girl, but she falls in with the wrong crowd when she's in school. Mm. And that's what's causing the issues um, that Bruno, and she has to go back and escort her from uh, a school in Southern California back to Costa Rica. Mm. But it does get interesting, doesn't it? It does. So it sounds like an innocuous kind of uh, mission for Bruno, but as soon as he yeah. steps off the plane, everything everything goes uh, cockeyed. Well, it wouldn't if it was Bruno. It would smoothly that wouldn't be for Bruno. I feel worried about him. I think you're going to have to give him body armor one of these days. No, seriously. <laughs> yeah. So, how can we tell she's not being honest, and why does her mother disavow her and the child? Where do things go from here? That's really scary. Well, I don't know if I want to give up too many uh, No, don't say too much, um, yeah. Yeah, um the as soon as he as soon as he gets off the plane, he loses track of his mom, which is one thing. Um mm. she goes her own separate way and 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 uh Bruno's dad Xander asks Bruno to specifically to take care of mom and he loses her right off and then he loses Alyssa right off too, so he's standing at the airport um and his, both his missions are just walked away from him. So uh, nothing is as it seems, and he has to go track down both of them and try to figure out what's going on. So why does he call his best friend Carl, and who's Waldo, and what is his plan? Um, uh, <laughs> Waldo is Carl's dog, and Waldo mm. is a uh, Wattweiler, about a 130-pound Wattweiler, a huge dog, and he only speaks um, answers to German. And Carl Drago is a friend of Bruno's, a sidekick, that I have carried Drago through uh, all the books. In in the um, second book, what, Drago is was a manifestation of a guy that I, I dealt with when I was a, a real one of the cop. And he was mm. the most violent person that I'd ever dealt with, and I wanted to put him in the book. But um, Drago... Um, was so bad in real life 
Mm. Uh, his name, his name in real life was James Lawless, as it turns out. He was so bad mm. that if I would have wrote James Lawless just the way Carl Drago, just the way he was in real life, he would have turned into a caricature. So uh, in order to give a, a bad guy, uh, uh, keep him from being a caricature, you got to give him flaws. So his flaw uh, is reversed of a Bruno. So Bruno, if he is a, a superhero uh, and this doesn't have any flaws, then you got to make him um, vulnerable or uh, give him some flaws. So Paul Drago, I gave him a, a, some humanity in the, in the second book. But I didn't like Carl Drago because he was mm. uh, James Lawless in real life. So when I killed him in the third book, I killed him off in the third book, and I sent the book into the publisher. The publisher was, no, no, we like Carl Drago. You can't kill him off. So I had to actually rewrite the entire first third book to keep oh, Carl God. Drago because it, it changed the whole storyline. Um, and then because they wanted Drago to be carried along, I had to change his persona. So uh, Carl Drago has evolved from um, book two all the way through. He keeps getting better and better and more heroic. Um, and and, and uh, Bruno's part of that. He's the one that is kind of nurturing Greg, uh, Drago and, and, bringing, and bringing him along. Um, Drago has a, a severe hate for outlaw motorcycle gangs, and that's what he does. He just goes after them. That's what he. That's his whole life um, mm-hmm. until this book here, and, until this book where he gets a, gets. Uh, as soon as he sees Lila, he knows mm-hmm. that this is the woman woman for him. So that adds another layer of Drago because he's never been with a uh, in all the books. He has not had a relationship with a woman. Yeah. Um, so. So I, I threw the dog in uh, because um, for a little bit of relief from the, 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 the uh, nature of the book. This book is probably one of the more intense books that Bruno mm-hmm. has run into. Um, and so, so there's um, – so, so the dog uh, is uh, – let's see. Um, it's not, I kind of want to say comic relief, but – uh, Bruno is a nice guy, and he doesn't understand why the why the dog doesn't like him. So he tries to pet the dog, and the dog growls. And um, <laughs> it's it's <laughs> there's a there's a relationship there that keeps going back and forth between Bruno and the dog. And I I did that on I did that on purpose for that specific reason. Well, you have to understand I love Waldo because my brother has a pit well Rottweiler Bella Bella. And I, yeah, she was, he was calling me the other day for whatever he wanted to tell me that I probably didn't want to hear. And Bella Bella was, was yelling in the background. I go, Bella, tell Angie what's the matter. And when I come there, she likes when I'm there because I, I'm the only one that, that scratches her. So, see, well done. I get along with the dog. <laughs> so, Maria's there, and there are all those great kids, and they're so amazing. So, who takes care of the kids? If she can't, because she had a baby, and Bruno goes to the states, so how do they deal with that? Um, they have uh, a Costa Rican. They have two Costa Rican uh, housekeepers, and and one is more a uh, a child care person. And I mm. kind of took those those people's personalities from my background because I was raised with uh, a Hispanic uh, housekeeper. Oh well. So my mom had to work two. My mom had to work two jobs to support uh, six kids, so she couldn't um, do both. 
you know, keep the house and keep track of the kids. So I actually learned a lot of Spanish when I was younger from the housekeeper. My grandmother took care of me because my mother said it was just better that way for some reason. She just pointed me off <laughs> to my grandmother, which is fine because I learned to speak Hebrew and Jewish and Yiddish. And oh, okay. what can I say? Yeah, she. <laughs> I was. I know. So how does Bruno get false documents? And what happens when Carl falls prey to Layla? So I like her. What, what? What? I didn't hear the last part about Layla. How does Carl fall prey to to Layla? But how does how does he um, get false documents, Bruno? How do you get that? That's always been one of the things that's so cool. How do you get fake documents so that if you want to, like if you want to change your birth certificate because you know your birthday is wrong, how do you get a new one without having to prove that? Without having documents to prove that it's that it's wrong, how do you get fake ones? If you're trying to get a birth certificate um, and you don't have any documents, how how can you give the whole record yeah. any other kind of identification? So yeah, that's, that's the problem. Been, uh, right, and uh, identity theft is a, a huge mm-hmm. uh, crime nowadays, uh, mm-hmm. and, and everybody's doing it because of the internet. Um, so it's not difficult to um, get uh, um, fake documents. Pa- passports are more difficult now because they're so high tech. Um, they have so many different um, fail safes in, 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 within the, the passport. But to get a driver's license, anybody can get a fake driver's license. Uh, you can either go to the to the um, uh, swap meets, and they they could, they'll sell them right there to you. That, that's that's amazing. That's interesting because my husband was a victim of identity takeover. He went to a bank to make a deposit a few years ago, and the the girl behind the desk disappeared the next day. She had his information. Then I get a letter from uh, the credit card company. Thank you. We hear you're moving to Chappelle, Chicago. And that <laughs> took five years. Yeah, and it took yeah. five years. Oh, my, I just got a call. I just got a call. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, get everything straightened out because it it, it turns into a huge mm-hmm. web that you have to oh. uh, back yourself oh, yeah. out of. Um, and we, when I was work, supervising the detective bureau, that was one of the, our main problems because um, uh, identity theft was was so huge. But through the night, um, uh, my niece and nephew called, and they said that um, my niece in law. She's uh, trying to apply for her securities uh, certificate, and they did a background check, and they found that she'd been arrested for a felony, <laughs> mm-hmm. and she and she never been arrested before. So somebody had stolen her identity, uh, and when they were arrested, they they were booked under her name. So that's causing a, a big headache for her. She has to go to the county clerk's office and try to unravel it. It, it was it was scary. It went all the way from Chappelle, Chicago, to Shirley in Great Britain, England, to Indiana, to everywhere. And what happened was somebody from AT&T called and said somebody with my husband's last name, different race, got a driver's license. And he wanted to know if he was entitled to a phone, and that's when it stopped. But it took like five years. Actually, what happened was, this was so much fun, though, the police department in Chicago asked me if I would help them with a sting. So I actually got the names and addresses of the people in the building where these criminals lived and called them all and said I was from Visa. 
and that I needed their information so that I could get them their card. It was, uh-huh. it was, uh-huh. it was scary, scary. I said, but, was, but actually they got them, and I was like, this is so much fun. They wanted to know if I wanted to do it again. No, it was okay. So why does Layla <laughs> fall for Johnny, and why does she defend him? What is his deal? I don't like that guy. Well, Johnny, Johnny is very charismatic, and that's how he rose within the ranks of uh, mm. the uh, outlaw uh, community. And so he, he used that charisma to, uh, you know, lure Layla in. Uh, she's a, a young, a vulnerable student at going to university, and um, he spots her and targets her and um, try, makes makes her his girlfriend. And uh, that's just the way those kind of people work. And so Bruno is trying to find out what's going on, so it, he can't break into that communi- uh, criminal organization. So um, him and Drago decide to go uh, an end run and start um, uh, taking assets away from him to get him to pay attention. And that's the, that's the kind of the crux of the, of the middle of the book. Mm. That's scary. So what is CCC and what exactly does this organization do? But by dealing with this organization, Bruno has to reveal something, and that's not good either. Ooh, uh, <laughs> yeah, Dan, this book is about four books back for me, <laughs> so you're, you're starting yeah. to get into details that I'd have to reread the book. Oh, um, <laughs> it just proves I read it, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, um, the uh, Diabolical is already in post-production. It's coming out a year from February, and I'm working on that one. And the Insidious is already, is already done, um, mm. and then I have those other two. I have two books in another series, The Fierce mm-hmm. of Moonlight Black, which um, I started working on mm-hmm. that one. It was a memoir, and I tried, I wrote it three times. I couldn't get it to work, so I put mm-hmm. a fiction uh, component to it. So the first half of A Fierce of Moonlight Black is actually the way it exactly happened. I wrote it just the way my first year in a job occurred. Oh, and wow. And the second half is fiction, is fiction. And I'm surprised at how well that book is doing. I, it kinda, it's kind of surprising. So the second book... Um, a Lonesome Blood Red Sun is even a better book than the first one, and I'm really excited about it. that one. That one's in post production too. So when you start going into the minor details of, of the score, oh god, I've got five five books in between uh, this book. Um, so yeah, I'm sorry. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I don't I don't remember. The CCC is a figment of my imagination. And I, oh, okay. I just based it on another criminal organization and created mm-hmm. my own based on another criminal organization. Um, in in uh, The Vanquished, I used the Hells Angels because when mm-hmm. I was in criminal intelligence, I, I we were we were following the Hells Angels and we actually had a pull cam on their 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 original uh, clubhouse. So I just changed the name and um, used the Hells Angels. But um, the CCC is a similar situation uh, with a, a criminal organization that is based in uh, fraud, uh, prostitution, and and drugs. That is so cool. We had um, prostitution ring right outside my school when I first started to work. They were right across. Oh, really? they, as, a, as a matter of fact, the house is right across the street. And it took a while before anybody did anything. It didn't bother me. They came home. I was like, "Good morning, girls. Have a nice day." <laughs> and <she's> like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. 
You, well, I worked in a tough area in the, in the Bronx. It didn't bother me at all. So oh, what yeah. happens when um, Carl falls for Layla? How does she rope him in, and how does she create problems? Because she's really very smart. That was a. That's all I'll say. That was a an issue with me. Uh, well, in any any of the books that I have, that the would your would your purpose as an author is to uh, mm-hmm. create a character and then have the character evolve through the story. Well, Lila, yeah. um, I had to make her kind of uh, edgy because of what she has to uh, motivate, how she has to motivate Carl and uh, Bruno. And then I have to gradually bring her back to where she is a favorable character. Um, and you're going to be surprised what happens to uh, Layla and, and Carl in the next book. Oh. No, not the next book. This the third book. Um, mm. I think I think it's the third. But anyway, um, so <laughs> it's one of uh, Layla Layla is because she was close to Johnny, the the bad guy. Uh, she has developed some of his uh, traits, and she is manipulative now. So she manipulates Bruno and uh, Drago, and her mother. She manipulates everybody in 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 this book. And so I had to redeem her later on in the other books. That's good. You see, I like when people bring characters that are not so, you know, one that are a little unscrupulous, a little scrupulous back in the other book, because John Gilstrap killed off a main character in White Smoke. That's all I'll say. It made me cry. (laughs) I was like, what? Yeah, somebody that was really integral that would be very useful, and it just proves how they have to be resourceful. And I, I said, oh God, how could you do this to me? Philip Margolin killed off a really, a really main character. He said because it was getting too boring for the main character to go out with him. I go, no, it's so sad. I yelled at him when he interviewed him. I said, how could you do that to me? So, how does Bruno learn about Frankie and who's Helen, and what support does his father bring? I started to like him. Um. I, I wanted to add another layer of conflict because Bruno is on the run. So when he comes back to the U.S., he has um, murder warrants and kidnap warrants out after him. So he has to he has to run from the police and he has to run mm-hmm. from the criminal organization that he is uh, hunting down himself. So uh, he happens on to Helen Hellinger, and mm-hmm. I wanted to introduce her into the uh, Bruno cast of characters. Uh, mm. She is a she's currently a LA County sheriff detective, and she has some uh, pull because of the, the what she the assignment that she's working, and so she uh, eventually recognized Bruno for what he is, but she wants something from Bruno, and it's a it's a big ask, so uh, that's a, that's a, a tertiary plot line. So I have two plot lines of <clears throat> Bruno helping Lila and Alyssa, then I have Bruno helping his dad and his mom, B, and then I have the plot line with Helen Hellinger. So that's what I try to do. I try to run three plot lines parallel, and I try to get them to come to a conclusion at the same time. Um, and this one, they, they kind of uh, terminated, the, the plot lines kind of terminated pretty close to each mm. other, but not all at, all at once. <laughs> this is why... I have to be really awake and alert when I read. Seriously. (laughs) 
I know. And three plot lines isn't bad. I've read a couple that had seven or eight plot lines, and I had to do what I did when I taught reading in school, get my graphic organizer out and get the characters and where they're going. And that makes, yeah, trust me, makes it hard. Because after I read a book, I usually have it memorized in my head so that when I write the review, thank God I didn't get lost again, um, I just write it and without the book in front of me. When I'm writing uh, any book, what I do is I work in uh, Microsoft Word, and I start uh-huh. writing a manuscript, and each time I want to make a note of uh, something I want to come back to, I drop down and make a note. And then below that, every time I introduce a name, I put I put a list of names. Because uh, what I was told and I, what I've learned that mm-hmm. works very well is don't use a name one time. If you use a name, yeah. come back and use it again, and that forces you to lock the book up tighter. Um, it's more difficult to do. It makes it more difficult to write. And then below that, I keep a, um, a running uh, diagram of my of my novel. So I'll have chapter one. Bruno does this. How many pages? How many words? Mm. Chapter two. So I I can come back and I can look at my novel at a glance, and I can know and I know exactly where I am within the structure of the book because the structure has to be conflict, complication, crisis, conclusion. And the shorter the conflict is, the better off the book is going to be, in my opinion, um, because it's your contract with the reader. You're, you're establishing, you're telling the reader, this is what I'm going to show you. Mm. And the sooner and more economically you do that, uh, the better the book is going to be. So I could see where I am within the book. Um, and sometimes I never get, I never get writer's block because I, I write by the numbers. So I write by the four C's, conflict, complication, crisis, conclusion. And then there's five things a scene needs to have, and there's three things in voice. And uh, I just follow that. Um, and then the rest of it, the creative part of it, is um, putting the ideas within that structure. Well, all I can tell you is that you're very lucky that Microsoft Word doesn't do to you what it does to me. I typed the last book that just came out two weeks ago, and it took me 10 shots to have it saved 10 times because they decided to make it disappear. It's really upset. Yeah, uh, I have I have two um, email accounts, and what I do at the end of each writing day is mm-hmm. I email it to myself. That's the way I save it. So if, That's if my, what I'm going to do to you. My, my computer crashes, I have two tries at recovering the manuscripts. And it also leaves a trail of how I wrote the book. So if anybody ever says, you know, there's plagiarism or whatever, they can come back yeah. and they can see day by day what, what I wrote on the book. That, that That is brilliant because my computer hates me. And I, I what I do is I take the whole book and I uh, select it and put it on my notepad and pray that my notepad doesn't make it disappear. Because, yeah, I was just uh, doing that with characters. That is a good idea. By the way, uh, Marsha Casper Cook is the host of A Good Story is a Good Story, and she would like me to email you with her to come on her show to talk about writing techniques. Oh, great. Yeah. I, I, I actually and put on a class on how to, how, to write a, how to write a novel, and it's a short one. Oh, that's, that's it's, great. It's called, it's, called, it's called Writing by the Numbers. And I, I start from the very beginning explain exactly how to start a novel, and how to write a novel. So I will put you in touch with her after. She's very interesting. And okay. I've been on her show a lot of times, and it's fun. So I'm how good. does, where does B, though, B, you know, I have mixed feelings about B. But you got to admit, she's clever, and she's very just, you know, she has, has her own way of doing things. 
And you sort of like say, gee, I wish I could be a little like her, but maybe not. So when it comes to money, yeah, um, I, I really like her. Is, I can't help it. Uh, She's evil. <laughs> yeah, um, B is a uh, an enigma because she is, at her core, she is a con artist, a criminal, mm-hmm. and she is out for out for herself. But when she's around Xander, she does love him dearly, and he can uh, pull her back from the dark side. It's it's odd that um, the B actually came from my aunt Carol, who, when I was uh, a brand new cop, she and my my cousin uh, Danny, mm-hmm. they hired a hitman. And they contracted a killing, and they killed my uncle Don, my favorite uncle. And oh, God. Uh, she was she was a, a very heinous. My aunt Carol was a very heinous kind mm. of person. And it, when I was growing up, my mom had six kids. She had two jobs, so every summer I'd get pawned off to my aunt in Redondo Beach for a month, and then I'd go to my aunt Carol in Indio. So I knew my aunt Carol pretty well, and I knew my uncle Don. He's my favorite uncle. Um, and I knew the Indio area, so when I when I drew when I uh, sketched uh, B out in this book, I, I was just thinking about uh, mm. my aunt Carol because she was such a had mm. such a criminal mind. So she my 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 cousin they, my cousin and my and a, and a hitman named Cornelius. You can Google all of this. They uh, phoned in a fake call to the Metropolitan Water District. Mm. Uh, there was an there was an emergency. My uncle went out there one night. Uh, for the phone call, and they were waiting for him, and they, and they assassinated him. So um, they couldn't figure out who did the murder. So they, oh, well, they knew who did it, but they couldn't, they couldn't prove it. So they put mm. a wire on my cousin Danny's girlfriend and sent her in for conversation. And so they Ooh. arrested my aunt and my cousin for conspiracy to commit murder. And my aunt, through attorney, said, um, told my cousin, you, you plead guilty to it. And I'll, when I get out, I'll hire the best attorneys and I'll get you out. Well, that's what happened. My aunt got out, and my cousin did uh, life without the possibility of parole. <laughs> and uh, my mom wanted wanted my aunt to be brought back into the fold and come to Christmas because we have a big Christmas. And and all all of the siblings said, no, if you if Aunt Carol comes, we're not coming. So that's if you if you mm. see B and you think B is uh, uh, larger than life, that's because I took. Characteristics from my aunt Carol. That is that is scary. Everybody needs to read. I just interviewed. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's a criminal defense attorney, um, Isaac Wright Jr. Mark for life. He was wrongly accused and spent quite a number of years in prison for, because he was framed by his friends mm-hmm. as a kingpin. When he finally got out, he became a lawyer. And I, I learned a lot about a lot of things on Friday when I interviewed him. And it's the same thing. Oh. He got wrongly accused, and he was accused of doing all sorts of things, and he never did them. So, yeah. how does she loses his savings? I mean, be really? Well, I know how <laughs> she did it. Why does his father defend yeah. her? Because um, B, gotta is, love B. Xander has brought <laughs> B has brought Xander. Xander has brought B around to the good mm-hmm. side, and. She is feeling uh, grief and regret, and the only way to get resolve this grief and regret is this mission that she has chosen for herself. And I don't want to mm. get too much into what, no. what's going on, but the reader doesn't know what's happening, um, what, what's, what's motivating B, 
or what she's actually doing uh, until the until the book until that plot line terminates uh, at the end of the book. I'm so glad there's going to be a sequel. It's too bad I have to wait so long. So, the the title "Scorned" means a lot. There's a lot of multiple meanings to that. How does it apply to Bruno being his father and ever, and other people? Well, the the the, the scorned uh, the title comes from. Um, well, it's 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 got got a, a many different layers because uh, there's a, people who are false, falsely scorned in the book. Um, you know the the uh, Alyssa who Lila because of what she perceived was wrong, um, but that that is dispelled. Um, the Johnny is scorned as he should be, and his cohorts. Um, you know, this, so there's every, it, you can pull you can kind of use that uh, tag on a lot of things that's going on in the book. So tell us about the limo ride. The little ride? Limo ride, the limousine ride. Oh. Well, um, Bruno's dad is, is very delicate because he is elderly and he had a very bad bout of stomach cancer. And um, it, it keeps reoccurring and he still hasn't fully recovered. And that's why... Um, he asked Bruno to go with B instead of uh, Xander doing it himself because the trip would be uh, very uh, taxing on, on Xander. So when some things happen to B in the U.S., um, Xander has to show up and take care of, try to try to assist B in her dilemma because Bruno's busy with, he's got his hands full with the other plot line. With Layla, what's where, where does she stand in this all of a sudden? Who? What? Where does who stand? Hello? Hello? Where does Layla stand in all of this all of a sudden? Uh, well, Layla, um, Layla is is out for herself because she wants something that uh, Johnny is keeping from her, and uh, yeah. Bruno is unaware of that. So nothing is as it seems. Um, and Layla is manipulating Bruno into doing what she wants him to do for her own purposes. And it's uh, on onset, it looks like Layla is being uh, mm. criminal, but it's really uh, a noble uh, endeavor that she's trying to uh, accomplish. This is very true because when you get to know the truth about a lot of things, you'll find out. Now, before I forget, on Monday, I have the author of the Greenleaf Murders mm-hmm. on the 15th, Homeride, Homicide Herald. On the 16th, I hope I get to do this finally, um, Cleopatra's Revenge. On the 20th, I have a panel show. They're going to talk about who do you write like? And who do you imitate? Vin, I think Vincent, Dick, Charles, and Bruce. So far. On the 23rd, T.J. O'Connor. Believe it or not, with his new book, he, mail, emailed it, he mailed it to me. 
and I just read it in a day. Uh, the, Hemis, the Hemingway uh, Deception is fantastic. The 27th Santa Claus Agreement, and that's just part of February. So what does Bruno Lowe learn about himself? Oh, well, he, he's constantly learning about himself, but um, his, his biggest problem is fighting the two worlds. He he mm-hmm. doesn't want to be in that in that violent world, and he mm-hmm. tries to maintain his compassion. And it, it is very difficult in this situation because of the the heinous criminals that he's up against. Uh, so he always learns something. He always evolves. Um, but this time, he really doesn't want to be in the U.S. He really doesn't want to be doing what he's doing. He just has a brand new child at home, and he wants to be yeah. home, so he is torn. And then, uh, yeah, on top of that, that his father and B are in the U.S., and they're at risk, and there's a lot of things swirling around. Um, he, he He's getting blackmailed by Helen Hellinger, so um, uh-huh. it, it's just uh, a very uh, busy story. Uh, and that, how does this whole said, thing affect Carl? Is Carl going to come back in the next one, too? Yeah. Who who come? I didn't Carl. Hear name. Paul. Carl. Paul. Drago. Paul. Oh, Carl Drago. Yes, yes, yeah, Drago. Paul. Um, I, 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 I. Oh no, I don't know if he is in the. He's not in the next one. He's in the. Okay. He's in the one after. He's in Insidious. Uh, the next one is set entirely mm-hmm. in Costa Rica. Bruno never leaves Costa Rica, and his town, uh, this little quiet, sleepy town in Costa Rica, kind of lights off. Uh, there's a criminal element that uh, has been um, there for a long time, and Bruno kind of happens into it. And I, I, I had a lot of fun writing that book. Um, there's um, uh, The dog comes back and has a big part. The dog has almost a... a oh, good, I love the dog. The, sa- the same weight as a main character in the next book. Well, how exactly does, this is a strange, think, this uh, is a question I've always wondered about. Uh, on the cover, you have the dog, a picture of my dog? On the on the next book, because we're in post-production already, um, uh-huh. and it's a great cover. Uh, I'll email it to you, but there's a picture of Bruno and a picture of, of the dog um, next oh. to him. That, that, that is so cool. So, uh, and Layla's com- coming back, too. But what happens? I've always wondered about this because how many books this friend read in the hundreds, in the in the ten thousands, maybe more. How do you deal with different law enforcement people? How does he deal with people in the United States versus people that he might have to deal with in Costa Rica? Isn't it? It's different, isn't it? Different police police places, police organizations and offices. Yeah, um, Bruno used to be a cop, so. He knows yeah. the ins and outs of how things work, but now that he's on the run, he has to avoid them at all costs. And even in Costa Rica, if they find out who he is, uh, he can mm-hmm. be extradited back to the U.S. So um, I, I take a lot of Costa Rica information because my ex-wife lived there for two years, and she mm-hmm. she gives me information. She has friends there, and so if I have a question about Costa Rica police, she just calls them up or emails them and gets the information for me. You see, that's the difference. That is, that is, that is great. Yeah. No, I, I just my my last book is called um, Faces Behind the Stones: The Accused, Told from the Point of View of Dead People. 
behind the gravestone that were wrongly accused. Their voices were silent, or they deserved to be dead because I said so. And I, uh-huh. I, I literally had well. The first one is about a teacher. Now she was she uh, dictated it to me before she committed suicide, so I know it's a true story. A lot of them are true, but it's very hard to get somebody to to help you. You know, to ask you to ask questions, and I have a story about you know arson, and I wanted the fire department up here to help me, and they didn't do anything. I had to do it all by myself and pray that I got it right. That's that's what's lucky that you have somebody to tell you what to do, or give you an idea, right. make a phone call. So right. Well, I was in law enforcement for 31 years, so I have a lot of yeah. background that I could I can lean on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, and, and I I worked for. I worked for Hawaii Five O for three years, and people ask me why I'm not writing a book set in Hawaii, and I might I might do that eventually. But uh, there's some of that stuff still still bleeds through, even though uh, it's not set in Hawaii. It's with the people and the contacts that I that I make, and I put them all I put all that layer it all into my books. See, that makes it more interesting. That's why I sit down and read them in one day. And that's why I'm getting eye strain from reading White Smoke because I can't put it down. The only thing is that the font is very small, so that's why I'm taking my time. Otherwise, I would have been done with it when I started yesterday. No, I'm serious. That's just me. So how will Marie act when he gets home? And um, where do you see everybody next? Well, um, I don't want to, you know, give any any spoilers away, but um, Bruno comes home to a new son, Tobias, and he still has yeah. all his kids. And so he has to um, pick off the, you know, the, the evil, uh, hard charging, uh, revenge uh, Avenger from us when he steps back into the father role. So it, it is very difficult for him sometimes to decelerate. Um, and I try to uh, make him as a, as best, a loving and caring father and uh, husband as I can. And he has a great relationship with uh, Marie, and mm. she is understanding about him going to the U.S. because of the favor that was asked of them. But as I recall, she doesn't remember uh, giving him permission to go, so Bruno's in a no, little bit doesn't. of trouble. For when, so when she finds out that he's in the U.S., she's a little bit upset with him. Just a little? Mm-hmm. You don't want to mess with Marie, people. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. So That's in the right. next book, is Tobias going to still be an infant, or are you going to make him just a little older so he can be friends with the kids? I love the kids in Costa Rica, especially the oldest one. Yeah, because it's set in Costa Rica and it's not set in the United States, uh, the kids have a much bigger role in the next book, mm-hmm. uh, in the Diabolical. Um, I really enjoyed writing the Diabolical because it's not – well, be, mostly because of the contrast between um, – the scorned because the mm-hmm. the scorned is one of the more gritty books out of the Bruno series. So the next book is really exactly opposite with the kids involved and um, the, the the paradise that that they're living in. Uh, it's a totally different uh, setting, and so it's a total shift from from what the scorned was. It's a downshift. Uh, even though it is a lot going yeah. on, and there are some um, people getting killed in Costa Rica that Bruno has to deal with. Well, if there wouldn't, wouldn't be a murder mystery, people. Now, this is this is a question <laughs> yeah. I've asked many authors. I think the hardest thing for me and some people is to choose the title of the book. Now, Scorn Fits, 
how do you find the title of the book? Diabolicals gives me a lot of multiple meanings. As a reading specialist, I could tell you it's got a lot of multiple meanings there. So how do you decide on the title of the book? Insidious is even better. <laughs> it really gives you many wonder, like, what is going to happen? Yeah, um, I, I usually don't start – I don't pick a title until I'm, I'm deep into the book. And when I start a book, um, I, I know where it's going to end, but I don't know what's going to happen in the beginning. So I pick three plot lines, and I have to know the plot lines before I start. And then I do scene sequencing through my um, – I, mm. I set the conflict. And then I do scene sequencing through the complication. So I would do like three, and it's a thriller, so I do three chapters on Bruno um, trying to find out, find Lila. Then I'll do, a, a, then I'll integrate uh, the, the B and father uh, plot line. And then um, mm-hmm. I integrate the Helen Hellinger plot line. So I never, mm-hmm. that, that's part of the reason I never get writer's block is because that's I good. look at my diagram and I could see those chapters and I, I go, oh, I'm, I'm on my third chapter of, of the main plot line. I need to shift, and I go back and forth. And that kind of is what writes the book, but only mm-hmm. structure-wise. I still have to put the creative part in, into it. Um, and so in – and I kind of lost the, the thread of your question. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I lost, I, I lost track of what you were, what you were asking. How do you, how do you decide the title, like Diabolical, if it's the plot, or Insidious, in this oh. case, Scorned? Do you pick the right. plot, do you write the plot and then pick the the title after? Yes. Or does that, the title what, automatically what, that's what, that's fit in? Saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, when I start when I start mm. uh, going through my plot lines and doing the scene sequencing, I, I look at it and see the, the, the uh, not the flavor, but the, the, mm. the emotion and what what is happening, and I try to pick a word. I try to decide, oh, what, 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 what one word fits what's going on. And that's how I, I get the titles for um, the Bruno series. The other series is like the Fearsome Moonlight Black. I picked that one because mm. uh, in the moonlight, blood is black. It's not red. Yes. So, um, and, and, and that book, I, I'm, I'm, that, that's just a, an amazing book. I, I can't say enough about that book. And the next one is even better. Um, I'm sure the publishers get really is really crazy about the second book. Um, and, what, and that, and that, that's, that's the other question are, too. Do they ever make you? Um, well, so besides the fact that they didn't want you to kill somebody off, um, they ever make you change the change the title you pick, or do they ever say to you the main character should do this, but you disagree with them? Who who wins in the end? You or the publisher? Is that a lot of cool well, authors are complaining um, about that? I, I was I started writing in 1989, and I was on my 38th manuscript before I sold the book. And that's oh, either wow. stupidity or, or perseverance. So when a publisher tells me they prefer something done, I'm not going to balk at it. I might grumble a little mm-hmm. bit, but I'm going to do what they ask because it's their game. You know, you know what I mean. And I don't yeah. have enough clout to say, "No, nah, I'm not doing that." Um, the The Reckless was a very emotional book for me because uh, I, I wanted to put in. Uh, a friend of mine was killed in line of duty, and I, I, I wrote it in a mystery structure versus a thriller structure on purpose at the beginning because I wanted to give uh, the motivation. I want because it's motivation, action, reaction. I wanted to, to have a heavy motivation because mm-hmm. when, I, when when my friend died in the line of duty in the book, I wanted the readers to say, "Oh my God!" Yeah. So I wrote a mystery structure, 
and I sent the book in as a killer book, and the publisher calls me one day and, and says, hey, can we talk? I said, yeah. She, he said, we love this. We're, we're going to take this book, but we want you to cut the first 100 pages. And oh, that God. was that was the entire mystery structure. They 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 sent they sensed it. They saw the shift from the mystery structure to the thriller structure, and they and they're, they they specialize in thrillers. And they said, you got to we want you to cut the first hundred pages. So that changed the whole dynamic of the book. I had to, they 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 uh, told me that in November, mm-hmm. and I had I had to have the book by February. So. Um, it changed the the four C's, the conflict, complication, crisis. So basically, I had to write the whole book all the way over, all over again, just keeping the back end. So the so the so the back end became the middle, and I had to write mm-hmm. the front and the back of the of the book. And actually, the book turned out better than than it was originally because of it. Um, and I that wish is I had that somebody to do that. Because the last book that what? I wrote was Population Zero, and I had an independent publisher, and I won't say who, but never again. And when I said to them, could you tell me how to take, it was nine worlds that I created that you wouldn't want to live in, and I invited a dead body to in, you know, live in that world, for the world of darkness, a world of ice, blah, 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 and they said, could you please help me make it stronger? And they said it was fine. There was no, there was a content editor that did nothing, absolutely nothing. Whereas in the last book I had self-published, and my editor, who's not supposed to do that, actually helped me do it to make it better and to make it stronger. So you, you know, you're lucky yeah. that. But and basically, a lot of a lot of authors would have just said, "I'll go with somebody else or I'll self-publish." And what you did was probably the smartest thing that you could do. Get that, and that was the only two, Ocean View. <laughs> that was that was the only two books that I that they they had changed. Um, the, mm-hmm. the third book where I killed Drago off, um, I know. I, because 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 I had to bring Drago back, and because they wanted a female FBI agent uh, extracted from the plot line, uh, I had to rewrite that whole book. Um, and when I submitted it, they, they I give it back to them, and I changed everything. I changed all the plot lines. I, I, everything was changed mm-hmm. in the book, but I kept the title. And I, I sent it into them. They go, "Oh, we love this book. It's a great rewrite." wasn't a rewrite. It was a totally new book, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of hard work. Um, but uh, yeah, I follow what the what the publisher tells me usually. Well, you know, there are a lot of authors that wouldn't, a lot of people that wouldn't, and that you know stand yeah. their ground or whatever. But new books, I can't put them down. I told you, I get my strength. And. I, it, it depends, you know. Like there are some New York Times authors, I won't say who, whose books I I started and I go like, am I reading this for a reason? And the fun part about it, seriously, about your books in the Bruno series is it's I don't say what I've said the other day when I read another one. Oh, it's just the same character, another plot. I'm going to fall asleep. I can tell you what happened. Actually, can figure out what happens at the first chapter, which is really bad. It's when I figure it out right away. You know that it's like the same book, but then Bruno, you never know what he's going to do, which is even better. So right, I, 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 I so in Bruno books, I try to take a snapshot of my career. I'll take yeah, like one like the Innocence is about my narcotics time. The Heartless mm-hmm. is about when I was chasing bank robbers. That's why each book has a unique uh, uh, bent to it. Yeah, they do um, because it is a certain. Uh, event that happened in my career, and I, I, I twist it and, uh, and uh, mold it into uh, a story. Well, the last book is but, there is was one story that I actually included myself. 
the stories in the wrongly accused um, the accused accusations, some of them are true. And there was an incident with my principal and I that we were asked to do something, and I refused to do it, and she backed me up. We were asked by the Board of Education, the head of testing, to change the scores because they didn't like our writing scores. They wanted me to fudge them, and then we, we put them on the scoring sheets and raise them and make them higher because they said that uh. they were too low, and I refused to do it. And it cost me... Uh. Yeah, and she wouldn't do it either. And they said, if you do it, then you'll get the job as assistant principal of your school. If you won't, and I lost it because I couldn't do it. The kids needed help. What right. was I going to do? Well, yeah, it was bad. And the State Department came in and audited every test that I wrote, every every grade, whatever. And then a month later, they apologized and said, we wouldn't change anything. Everything you wrote was right. Every score was right. It still didn't matter. So... Oh, where can yeah. everybody get all of your books? And where can everybody the, the, find the out about you and all your work? Um, DavidPutnamBooks.com is my website, and everything is there. Uh, but the books are available on, on uh, Barnes & Noble, any independent bookstores. Uh, if they don't have them on the shelf, you just walk in and ask them, and they will order it for you. Uh, I, I would hope that you try the new series as well, A Fierce of Moonlight Black. I'll send you one uh yeah. As soon as I get home tomorrow, um, oh, but good. yeah, I, I, the book launch. If you check my website, I'm going to be all over the place. Uh, uh-huh. I'm doing Barnes and Noble signings and uh, independent bookstore signings uh, for the next uh, two months, basically. So um, I hope to see you when if you come out and uh, we can talk about the Bruno books. Love talking about Bruno. That that is so great, and people will, and I will send you the link to the show so that you can post it or I'll post it like I do everything else. And yes, this is this is great. I emailed Marsha with you and um together so you could talk about her favorite topic is talking about writing and how you write write your books and she'll be really interested in that. I know that. So everybody Okay. It's I don't know how it is out by you. Um we're freezing to be very honest. I think we got thirty degrees. Yeah. It's it's a heat wave here oh. up in New York. Yeah, it's 35. Oh, my God, it's hot. <laughs> it's been minus two degrees. But, David, thank oh, you so that's, much. That's... Everybody thank have you. a great day, and bye. Thank you very much. Bye.